the logic and the magic is a way that kind of refer to it. You get your logic straight and then you bring the creative magic is, is kind of a good way. I think as creative people, it's easy to just be super creative, but actually you need a bit of that logic and really good standing. Otherwise, uh, you know, you could go off in the, all the wrong tangents. What kinds of cardboard box? What's in the box? Hey everybody, it's Valio Montos on Package Design Unboxed. Today we've got Chloe Templeman on the podcast. She's Executive Creative Director at Big Fish. She was previously Creative Director at Design Bridge for 12 years. And what we're going to get into is strategy, really focusing in on what strategy is, what it means, what's the process, how do you even begin talking to clients about strategy. We're going to discuss what happens during a strategic meeting and how it shapes the brief. Uh, Also, what information it is that you're actually gathering before it hits design and how it impacts design. She's got five different questions that you want to make sure you're asking and how to co-create the brief with your client. So make sure that you look at every angle to understand, explore, and define the design. So you and I met at the Pen Awards office, right? And you're with Big Fish. So how are you? Uh, I am really good, thank you. Yeah, I've been a big fish. Um, I think when I first met you, I'd been there for about two, three weeks, but now I've been there for two months. So I'm a little bit more into it now than I was the first time we met. So I think you were judging one section, and we were—I was judging a different section. Yeah, I think we were, I was doing um, anything that you can drink. So anything from milks to whiskies to um, everything in between. <laughs> we were doing. Um, a lot of food. We're doing a ton of food. Was that your first time judging? Um, it was my second time doing the Paint Awards. I did it last year, but it was all remote. Um, so actually, it was so good this time to be able to see all the products. I mean, obviously, doing a packaging design competition, it really helps to be able to see the work sort of intangible forum. Um, I've done a few judging, um, a few other sort of competition judging in the past. But um, yeah, it was so good to... Yeah, and I think the one thing I did notice is uh, the previous year, just viewing it on screen. And again, obviously, the Paint Awards this year, you could see it on screen and then you could have the pack in front of you. And sometimes the the sort of the visuals made it look completely different to how it actually looked in real life. So, um, yeah, I think it was so good to get back and have a real good discussion and, um, you know, pick up the products and, you know, touch them and the textures and the, the little finishes and stuff really started to pop. Yeah, no, that's funny because, yeah, that's one thing we noticed as well is like the what was turned in via photos and digital versus the real thing. Mm. It, it, there there can be a difference. And it's great because when you're doing it in person, it's like, okay, now I can feel it. Or maybe this isn't what I expected it to be or the scale is different. Um, so I, I think just having like the live judging, I, I think, is is critical in these competitions because you're, you're doing packaging. So people are actually going to interact with. Yeah. And I think it's different for things, uh, for things that fits, you know, if you're judging a sort of branding or an ad or anything digital, obviously you, you, and the way the world is right now, you're seeing quite a lot of stuff on screen. So it's probably a bit of a bonus, but I think exactly like you say to have, um, when you're judging pack, um, yeah, I just love, I love packing design anyway. And I think for me, a lot of it is, um, a lot of it is the finish and the way that it feels or the way that, you know, how easy it is to pick up or to use, uh, rather than just what it looks like on a flat screen. So can you tell me a little bit about what you do, uh, what you, what you're doing at, at Big Fish and what you've done in the past? Just a quick rundown of what Chloe 
class. <laughs> I can see for a quick rundown of me. Um, so I'll probably just start at the beginning. That's probably easiest. Um, so I studied um, at Duncan of Jorinson in Scotland. Um, and my first job was at the Brand Union, which I got through a sort of a bursary programme uh, that they ran. Um, so got my first job, was there for three years. Uh, never thought I would, um, you know, stay in London this long. Thought after a few years I'd go back to Scotland. Um, and then I joined DesignBridge um, back in, I think it was about 2010, uh, and ended up you know, absolutely falling in love and staying there for nearly 12 years, actually, um, and kind of working my way up from uh, a middleweight, which I was at the time, all the way up to creative director. Um, so, yeah, I got to work on so many different brands and really kind of hone my craft and my skill. Um, and then, like I say, yeah, a couple of months ago, um, I started at Big Fish as executive creative director, which... Um, is obviously a, a kind of a, a big jump to be able to run a studio. Um, it's completely different. I mean, DesignBridge obviously is um, it's a big kind of global agency and Big Fish is a, a kind of small independent. Um, but for me, it was the real kind of change that I was looking for. And um, sure. I always kind of say that, you know, I left all my family in Scotland to come down to London and get the best that I can. And I, I feel like I wouldn't be doing myself justice if I didn't you know, keep learning and I want to keep um, challenging myself. Uh, and for me, Big Fish um, really kind of aligned with a lot of my values. Um, I don't know whether it's just me getting older, but um, actually trying to, you know, care a little bit more about, you know, beginning of my career, it was maybe about making things beautiful and making things desirable. And actually now I think um, sustainability and actually specifically packaging design, you put that out into the world, you know, you do have a bit of a responsibility. And I think um, as I'm getting older, kind of realising uh, that pack can play a huge part in how sustainable um, uh, the, the product can be. And actually being able to use your design superpowers to try and do your bit, um, you know, yeah. to do your bit in, in the bigger grand scheme of things. And I think Big Fish is, was all about that. And, and the kind of that ethos um, really kind of drew me in and being able to put my own spin on on our studio as well um was was you know a, a great draw so uh two months in so far so good um uh yeah a real kind of challenge um but exactly what i needed uh and i kind of got my passion back for for my job and for i mean i've always been passionate about packaging design and, and branding but actually yeah. you know that real i'm, I'm, I'm quite a um, you know, I'm, I'm someone who always wants to keep pushing themselves and nothing's ever good enough. And actually, I, a real challenge was what I was kind of looking for. And it's kind of reignited that um, within me. So, um, yeah, so far, so good. That's that's a sort of a rundown of 15 years, <laughs> last 15 years of my life condensed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's good. You know, it's funny because, like, it's easy, to, it's easy to fall in a rut, right? Totally. Where, and and, it, and it's great. Right? You can you can have an amazing career in one studio for a really long time, um, and not realize that you're that you're in a rut sometimes until you get yeah. an opportunity to start something completely new, and you're like, oh wow, I forgot all of these little details. Or I'm in a smaller group. I can I get to do more. I get to touch more. So I yeah, definitely... I think it's especially when that rut is amazing. Like I think you know sometimes saying that you're stuck in a rut can have bad connotations. If you're stuck somewhere yeah. that you know, if you're stuck somewhere that you're surrounded by amazing people who are like your best friends and you've got great briefs and, you know, and a great environment. And, you know, I was getting challenged, but actually 
for me it was a rut because it was the same and it was the same and and I think that yeah. for me it was that um I just wanted different um and actually yeah. that's when it gets really hard to leave because there was no real reason <laughs> to leave there apart right. from this weird thing inside of me that was just saying I just need to do something different I need to keep challenging myself and go somewhere the, the you know this complete different size and complete different people and and kind of start again so um yeah it was it was a big decision, but I'm I'm glad, and I feel I stand by it. I've got to be confident in my in my choices. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. But it's but you're right. Uh, rut can have negative connotations, but it's like you're you're just like in a groove, right? So you're you're able totally. to do the same type of work, which is you can do amazing work. But there could be areas in your life where you're just not pushing because yeah. you're you're so good at doing like X, you can keep doing it nonstop, but. Sometimes you want to explore a little bit more. So, totally. yeah, and I think it's that ambition as well. Um, I'm quite a driven individual, um, and especially you know being around amazing kind of female leaders that have inspired me and taught me there is no glass ceiling. I kind of you know wanted to be one of those um, you know there's not enough women in the CD role, never mind the executive creative director role. So um, for me, it was that ambition and the the chance to just prove that I I could and, and again do it for the. The, the sort of the past me who would be kind of looking up at the the people around her so um yeah no it's exciting with packaging there's there's a lot of discussion around strategic design and being able to execute uh on on different strategies but nobody really talks about like what strategy is mm. how would you define strategy in in packaging yeah i suppose um i wasn't hugely aware of it when I was sort of junior middleweight, um, I think because at the junior levels, you you probably aren't as involved in shaping the brief, knowing the client needs. Um, there's a lot of stuff that happens, um, you know, above your level. I think I started when I was more senior and then obviously design director and then creative director. You work really, really closely with the strategists. Um, I think that's when I really kind of got to grips with and how important it is and actually again there's a lot of stuff that happens before it even hits the studio um that a lot of people maybe kind of take for granted and i think um yeah there's a real there's a huge difference between a good and a bad um kind of setup for the creatives um so i mean for me I, I was thinking about it and i was thinking about um uh you know the different types of strategy or strategic thinking there is um, and I suppose what I've kind of learned or where I've got to at the minute is, um, you know, and again, that's a, a big draw of, of Big Fish. There is a, a, a whole sort of phase it's called the pink phase that happens before it even hits the studio, which um, is about, you know, commercial, creative and consumer strategic thinking um, and actually being able to kind of um, divide each of those ones up. So firstly, importantly, to help us uh, and the clients figure out the commercials and what their objectives are, uh, help shape what they're trying to do as a business. Um, then obviously trying to create, connect that to the creative kind of insight um, and being able to translate it, which I think is hard sometimes, because um, you want, ideally you want it to be able to inspire and kind of influence the creative team to get great work. Um, and then I think another part of it, uh, and a really important part of, of the strategy is um, you know, understanding the consumer. So, you know, commercial creative consumer is huge. Um, you know, it's not necessarily, the product might not always be for me. So understanding who the consumer is, um, who's the person buying it, um, who are they, what do they care about, what motivates them, 
how is this product or you know whatever the pack is um how is it going to fit into their lives so i suppose it's it's trying to kind of take those three things um and really kind of dive deep into the the thinking behind it before it even hits the creative um really helpful for kind of startups or building brands from nothing um but also the sort of well established big brands who are getting more and more maybe losing their way a little bit maybe perhaps stuck in their ways uh, losing a bit of relevancy so actually the strategic upfront phase um and that could be things like um stakeholder interviews category um competitor deep dives uh, consumer deep dives um a lot of you know workshopping and really trying to understand everything about the brand and their needs um before it even hits creative and i think that was something i potentially didn't really realize happens at the beginning of my career i just thought that all this because yeah. it just gets you know a brief comes into the studio um but what is really exciting is being able to kind of shape that and and really really understand the brand and their needs before it even hits design um it's almost the the logic and the magic um is a way that you know we kind of refer to it you get your logic straight and then you bring the creative magic um is is kind of a good way i think as creative people it's it's easy to just be super creative but actually you need a bit of that logic and really good standing um otherwise uh, you know you could go off in the, all the wrong tangents um so for me strategy is it's so much more than just um one thing it's it's a few things together and um you know it's great to be able to have um all of that under one roof um and be able to really bounce off the strategy guys and get the best out of each other so let's break that down right so when you're we're talking about strategy you mentioned workshopping um stakeholder interviews consumer interviews competitor analysis um what's the what's the first step in in these is it is it the stakeholder interviews the the consumer interview competitor analysis like, like what's the what's the first step and and what are you really what's really happening in that stage the the first step is probably the stakeholder interviews i think um that is speaking to the people who do have a like a stake the the, yeah. the the clues in the title um you know and actually being able to understand what they need who are the people who are you who are actually signing off the project because i think sometimes um again with too many layers of people um it can sometimes get a little bit confused or lost so actually you start out by um stakeholder interviews uh and again the strategists they're sort of um again the the sort of the big fish ways to ask kind of five questions um and those five questions are to kind of find out um why the brand does what they do um who are they trying to talk to um what do we want to get those people to think feel see and do um how are we going to make them think feel see and do those things um and then what does success look like so i think those five questions at the stakeholder interviews are really important to get a real kind of understanding of what the clients actually after um and another point you know once you've done that the the category competitive deep dive again helps you understand the world around you um not only from a you know when the person's i mean e-com or on the supermarket or wherever they're buying their products from 
um, understanding that world a little bit more, um, who your competitors are, who do you want to be like, who do you not want to be like, who, you know, kind of kind of being able to map where the gap in the market is as well. Um, and then obviously finding out your consumer um, and making sure that um, you know them, but their real needs, not just what you think you want them to think, but actually what they actually do think. Um, and, and a huge part as well, I think, of strategy and, and what the team actually do um, is, uh, and again, it's something that the, uh, is really important uh, to get the best work out, I think, is to be able to co-create the brief with the client. Um, so by doing all these things, you're really deep diving into into their world. And actually, you're making sure that you've looked at it from every angle Um and again, we always kind of say it's there to um, understand, explore and define. Um, and I think it kind of came about from the early days um, of, you know, maybe not so great briefs. What's the difference between a good brief and a bad brief? Um, I suppose uh, a bad brief for me would be when either the client wants everything or thinks they want everything and they haven't actually drilled down to something that um, is a real truth for them or their consumer or the category. Um, I think actually an open brief can sometimes be, you know, a designer's worst nightmare because actually you then, your mind kind of goes crazy and actually what you need is a little bit of kind of guardrails or something to kind of hone in a little bit. Um, and also something to judge yourself against. You know, why are you doing this? Why does it make sense for the consumer? Why does it make sense for the brand? Um, are we trying to, you know, again, it's really good up front to ask how far they want to push it. If it's a, a brand, um, a well-established brand, are, they, are you looking for like a baby step change or are you looking to really push things? Because actually you could go away and come up with amazing design ideas, but the client it's too big a jump for them. And actually you've lost all the things that they love about the brand. So I think sometimes a bad brief um, is not clear enough. It doesn't have the clarity um, or on the complete opposite end of the spectrum. It can actually be kind of shackling sometimes when they give you too many things that they don't want to change. Sure. Uh, and again, that can be for so many different reasons why a client um, kind of thinks that way. So I think, um, again, being able to work with the client um, you know, sometimes they don't know where to start on a brief. Um, they have a problem, but they don't quite know what it is. Um, maybe yeah. they're too close to it. Um, maybe they need some fresh eyes or a fresh perspective um, to help them see that bigger picture. Um, or sometimes sure. it's just helping them articulate what they want um, and actually challenging them, asking those difficult questions to really kind of draw out um, the best. So actually, I think it's something with a good brief it can really change the creative output and actually inspire. A good brief should be able to inspire the creatives uh, in a way that gives them a really good jump off point that they could then um, go away, do some great work, but then they've got something to judge it against to say, well, you asked us for this, this and this, and this is why we've done certain things. Um, to be able to play it back and sell it into the client and kind of take them on that journey as well. What departments from a brand would you want to have in there? Like who should have a voice in, in this uh, in the strategy? I suppose I suppose people who care about the brand, who who love the brand, who know the brand. I think department wise, um, I think it's less about what department and more about um, what each person can bring. I think there's there's probably no point 
Um, it depends how far you want to go, but if you ask the same sort of people the same sort of questions, you're going to get the same answers. Whereas actually being able to, you know, ask that's why I think why it's important to not just ask stakeholders, but to ask um, the consumer as well, because actually you get some real insights um, there that you can then play back to the stakeholders and actually. Um, you know, there's a reason that they are a stakeholder. They've got an invested interest in the brand, whether that be like a financial or through their their job role. Um, but usually, again, uh, with the sort of startups, it would be the people who's the people who are you know put the risk, who put the money down, who started the business. Um, ideally, again, at Big Fish, they work with quite a lot of startups. So actually. You know, with Charlie Bingham's, you've got Charlie Bingham. Let's ask him. You know, you've with Freddie's flowers. Mm. Let's ask Freddie. So actually, you've got a direct, <laughs> you've got a direct line right. to these people, because they're the ones who've built the brand, or they're the ones who've, you know, it's their idea. Um, you know, it's not about us telling them how to uh, pick the best flowers or make the best cheese. It's about actually uh, using their expertise and what they do to then draw out. Um, and using our expert expertise to then kind of play it back to them and get the best out of it. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's that whole the whole strategy phase of the stakeholder interviews, consumer deep dive, category competitor audits. That's almost you don't just do one. I think you need all of them to get a more rounded mm-hmm. picture. Um, and then uh, again, a sort of another sort of sort of phrase that we would say is you know with strategy it's to understand and explore and define so understanding the client's business getting out of their heads um you know into into the industry their category get to know their business you know what is motivating them um and what how did they understand their world because they're the ones that are you know they're the ones that are building a brand or sort of had this idea within it um, and that could be, again, through what we spoke about, about interviews. Um, but it's also exploring. So exploring lots of different directions we could go. Um, you know, that's one of the luxuries you've got in strategy when you're helping at the very, very beginning with the client to define the brief. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you've got a fully finished brief, it's usually maybe set by them with what they have maybe think the answer is rather than what the question is. Um, and actually, I think being able to explore that with them is, you know, through collaboration workshops, um, it's a really great way to kick off a project because you then have, you're all kind of um, building, number one, you're building relationships, but also um, you're building that respect for each other and getting to know the nuances of that person as a client to be able to deliver the best work that you can. Um, and then obviously define which is the last one, which is, you know, being able to write and shape the brief. Um, and it should be a brief that inspires the clients as much as it does the um, design team, because otherwise, you know, you want it to you want everybody to be on the same journey together. And I think getting the clients um, and that real collaboration with strategy up front means that there's no surprises and actually you're all on the same page you're starting from the same point and then you can surprise and delight with the creative but actually the building blocks that you've set um are really strong um, and so when you do go back to present the work or or wherever it may be you've got you know again the stakeholder interviews are quite good as a a sense check what did you um what did you think before um you know of all these things what, what was your ideal before you saw any work and actually Sometimes when people see work, they then maybe lose sight of what the original what they originally wanted. Right. So actually, it's a really good thing to play back to them 
to say, well, wait a minute, when we spoke, you said this, this, and this is what you wanted, and this is what we've done because of this, this, and this. So it's a good tool as well to remind everybody at the beginning of the journey what what was the goals um, and what were our objectives. Yeah, if we look forward five years, you think there's a better way to develop strategy um, versus the way that we've all been sort of doing it for forever. Like, I, I think there's... There's always an opportunity for change. Like, what's yeah. the future of strategy look like? I suppose, I mean, I can kind of see the future already starting when there's a lot of people who, I think before it was the strategists do one thing and then the creatives take over and then the strategies into the next thing. And actually, it's almost you do your job, I'll do my job, and then we'll do this. And actually, I've seen already a lot more blending between the two. Um, so even, you know, jobs like creative strategists, um, are starting to emerge where people just do creative strategy, which is maybe less interested in all the the audits and the stakeholder interviews and all that sort of um, more traditional um, sort of deep dive, but actually more that bridge between the strategy and the the creative. So that kind of big thinking stage. Um, and I've seen as well a lot um, of people actually defining themselves as, you know, a uh, as a creative, but also they are a creative, but actually they see themselves, I'm a creative and a strategist. So actually I think a lot, there's a lot more blending of the roles. Um, and actually people want to, if you've done all this strategy up front and really got to know a brand, you want to then be able to see the creative through. <laughs> you want to have a bit of an right. input. And actually you don't, I don't think people are just putting themselves in boxes anymore. I feel like actually people are, looking around them and being inspired along the whole journey and, and I mean hopefully the future will be even more like that where people are actually a bit more um, kind of fluid in the rules and if, if some if a strategist has got a, a great you know visual thing that they want to put in the mix then then put it in as well as you know designers are allowed to have a strategic thought on something or a yeah. you know it feels to me the future is a lot more blended than perhaps um, it was, you know, 10 years ago when it was maybe, again, you know, there was literally on a different floor in a different department and you almost kind of right. brief just landed on your on your desk. Um, and actually, yeah, a more blended, rounded um, future would be, would be amazing. Because I think you just, I mean, the strategists, the way the brains work is amazing. I think they're so clever. Um, I'm in awe of a lot of the strategists that I meet. I wish I could be half of yeah. half of the people they are. <laughs> but you're right. The the strategy doesn't just stop. It's like, okay, I've asked my last question. I've filled in the last block and then we're done. Like their minds keep going. And as a designer, totally. you're able to go back and go, oh, I wish we could have asked this question. Or, you know, what if we went down this path? Um, and I think it makes, you're right. I think this is definitely the future. Um it makes for a much, I would say like a happier career, yeah. right? Cause now you're, you're able to spread and you're not so um, laser focused on one thing. Yeah. And I think as well as a, as a creative, when you, you, you should be able to inform the brief because actually you've got, especially, you know, 15, 20 years, 30 years experience, you know, you've got, you've got that experience behind you to then go, well, actually, you know, we've worked on this many brands and we tried this with this and, and actually um, being able to, again, put your experience to good use. Um, and I think as well, um, one of my really good friends is a strategist. We were having a chat the other day and she was saying that um, 
she works really hard on all this thing. I think she's at a company that is still quite segmented. And she said that the, the design that came out of the other side, she's like, it just wasn't anything. It wasn't how I pictured it in my head when we were doing these things. Right. And I'd sort of said to her, well, could you not, would you not stay in, involved? And she's like, yeah, but I'm on to the next thing, on to the next thing. And actually, um, yeah, for me, I, I wouldn't be able to g- give it up until it's exactly, you know, the vision. And, and it's actually something that we can all yeah. be super proud of at every stage. Yeah, no, yeah, I couldn't imagine. You know, building, laying the foundation, and having a vision of where this could go, and it goes completely a different direction, and then just be like, "Yeah, oh, what if we would have? You know, we we could have, would have, should have, but we didn't." Yeah, and also uh, being able being to build, being able to build yeah. in those directions to say, "Oh, I would never have thought of that," but actually, that ties really beautifully into this thought, and actually exactly. being able to tie it all together so that it is, um, you know, the the client is kind of paying for the full package, aren't they? And they want everybody to kind of work. Um, to get the best out of it. So, yeah, a more blended future. Um, I mean, I, I can already see it happening, but um, hopefully even more so in the, in the future. That's it for the show. Thanks so much for joining us on Package Design Unboxed. If you have any questions, you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm always available for questions. Once again, check us out at packagedesignunboxed.com.